welcome back to the CVU School Counselor Podcast. We apologize for the break in shows. We really try and do these weekly, but we've all been knee-deep in working on the master schedule for 23-24. Stay tuned for an upcoming podcast about that. Um, But we thank you all for your patience, and we're glad to be back. This week, we speak with Amy Dodge from the Vermont Dual Enrollment Program, uh, who talks to us about everything dual enrollment, what it takes to be successful in a dual enrollment class, who is eligible, how do you register, everything dual enrollment. Many of our rising juniors and seniors are considering dual enrollment coursework for the summer, and we go over the process of how to register, like I said, everything dual enrollment. We even talk about whether or not dual enrollment might take the place of a RISE option. We thank everybody for listening. We're glad to be back. Hopefully dual enrollment is an option that you and your students are able to take advantage of, knowing that there are lots of great options for free coursework, but the coursework is not consequence-free, as you will hear about in our interview with Amy. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, well, welcome to our next podcast, Russ. Happy to be here. Yeah, you, you've been away for a little while, know, and now I'm we're back. back. In action, yep. Um, and we're really excited to have a guest with us today, Amy Dodge, who is the post-secondary pro- program coordinator with the Vermont Department of Education. Um, thank you, Amy, for joining us for today's topic. Um, and today's topic is um, dual enrollment. And um, we are thrilled to have this opportunity for our students um, in the state of Vermont, at, um, for our juniors and seniors. Um, and we have a lot of students who are asking questions and taking opportunity of um, this, uh, this opportunity. But um, we thought it would be great to have you on board to talk a little bit about dual enrollment and um, get your perspective and um, considerations uh, today. So thanks for being with us. Sure thing, glad to be here. So do you wanna take a couple minutes, maybe not minutes, but just uh, tell us what is what is dual enrollment? Let's start at the beginning, or is that not even the beginning and the beginning is something else? Well, it, it's, we can, if we're talking about dual enrollment, let's talk about dual enrollment. So um, dual, dual enrollment is um, part of the flexible pathways that the state of Vermont has for students uh, working towards secondary school completion. So dual enrollment includes college courses offered on a campus um, of an accredited post-secondary institution. And these courses are offered um, to students that have completed their 10th grade year, but have not yet graduated from high school. So these students, they get to experience college level classes while duly enrolled in their high school. And Amy, what are the schools, and can you think of the schools, I can I could probably do it, but in Chittenden County, we've got um, dual enrollment schools, we've got University of Vermont, we've got Vermont Technical College, we've got Community College of Vermont, we've got St. Michael's, Champlain, am I missing any in terms of yeah, in-person yeah. classes? We have, we have Bennington College, Champlain College, the Community College of Vermont, Landmark College, Norwich University, St. Mike's, SIT Graduate Institute, Sterling College, University of Vermont, 
in the Vermont, the new newly formed Vermont State University. Yeah, we learned about a really cool um, exploration of one's learning styles course that Landmark teaches um, recently that I think is, um, as students explore dual enrollment options, that one really struck home as being very worthwhile. And it's online and it's um, entirely doable for students in Chittenden County. They don't have to drive down to, to Putney on a daily basis. But can you, um, I want to, I, I think that we need some clarity around who is eligible for a dual enrollment class? I mean, you touched on it in, in the end of what you were answering earlier. Um, and how many dual enrollment classes a student is eligible for? Certainly. So we'll start with eligibility for dual enrollment. Um, there are some key factors there. I'm just going to pull it up so that I have the exact information. Okay. So um, like I mentioned before, the students have to have completed grade 10. So you can um, use a dual enrollment voucher the summer after you have completed grade 10. And you need to use your dual enrollment vouchers and the course needs to be completed prior to your graduation from high school. So that would mean that um, the course has to your, the final course that you can take would be in the spring semester of your senior year. You're not eligible to take summer courses for dual enrollment. And Amy, some of the challenges some of our sophomores have um, is they think they can take a dual enrollment class the summer after their um, sophomore year, but a lot of the summer college classes are starting in May when they're not technically done with their sophomore year. Yeah. So um, it's the, the course selections on that summer might be a little less because not as many courses are offered after June 15th or whenever they finish. Yeah, yeah, it is it is an issue, but it is part of the eligibility that we have to stick to. So they'd have to do any late um, late starting classes for the for the summer after their yeah. sophomore year. And I, 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 I want to also just put out there that it's not it's based on the completion of sophomore year. Like we just said, it's not based on skill level because I, I have had students who will be in very advanced math classes ask me if they can do a dual enrollment class after their ninth grade year because they have the skills they sh and they're, they've maxed out the CVU curriculum, but it's not a skill level based opportunity it actually starts at the end of sophomore year exactly. um exactly. and how how many dual enrollment vouchers are students eligible for students are eligible for two vouchers and that is tracked by the state it is yes in order to get a voucher students need to um, create an account in the vermont dual enrollment system and once they have this, once they uh, create an account, it gets approved by their sending school counselor or the coordinator at the school who approves student accounts for dual enrollment. So they get an account and then they can um, use that same system to apply for the two vouchers that they're eligible for. Um, they submit the request for the voucher. That uh, request is reviewed by the school counselor to make sure that it, um, you know, meets Work, works towards graduation and is included in their personalized learning plan. And um, then the vouchers, 
then once it's approved, they get a voucher number and they can give that number to the institution that they'd like to take the course at. Go ahead, Susie. One of the things um, I'm wondering if you can speak to is, is the student out in high school that might not see themselves as college material, that they are like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna go to a school like UVM or Norwich, um, and they might just cancel themselves out of this opportunity. Um, can you talk a little bit about the student that is nervous about the quote unquote college class and if this is a good opportunity for them? Yeah, well, there's, I can, I do want to put a, a little hint in about the Community College of Vermont's Introduction to College and Careers course. Uh, for those students who are um, not sure what their, their path is going to be, this is a really wonderful opportunity for them to explore um, what college is all about at a lower risk level. Um, they do offer it online now, and I'm, I believe they're back to some in-person in classes as well. They do offer it on some school in on some school campuses. So my first thought is, let's get them into like into the the college program, but not in too deep. So that that course is a really great course. Um, and Amy, we offer it here at CBU. We offer it in the fall right on campus here. So uh, wonderful. thanks yeah. for doing it for us. Um, <laughs> a great start for um, the entree. You know, students could certainly take that class in the fall um, as sophomores even, and then they could continue on and use their vouchers after that. Because that does not, that course does not use up a voucher. Exactly, exactly. So that's a really good first step for students to, to get the college feel. The next thing is, you know, making those those connections, reaching out, talking to an advisor at a college, um, looking for support from their their school counselor, um, having the discussions, um, working into different school groups where you can talk about college planning and um, just being becoming more acclimated to the experience, which is not always easy, but um, starting that way is a good start. Does so, that answer your question? Yes, thank you. So we have this document that you and you had sent to Susie, this flexible oh, yeah. pathways toolkit and talking points doc. Yeah. So I, I, I'm imagining that this is going to go public at some point. It is um, actually. I'm going to be bringing it with me to um, VSAC's College and Career Pathways this weekend. So, so is this something that I can put in the show notes for families? Yeah, I can send you a clean I've been working on it and it's still in an in-progress document. So, but yes, I could send it for you to you for sure. Perfect. But on this document and I, and I think that the, one of the sections that I think is important and I have a, a piece, a follow-up piece, but why, why would a family, why would a student choose a dual enrollment class? You've got a lot of you've got a lot of bullet points in this, in this thing, and, and I think it's important for yeah, some students yeah. and families to hear why. Yeah, so we'll start degree and career exploration. It's a great way to get started about thinking about what your next steps are after high school. Um, it's great if you, like you mentioned, those students in ninth grade who. Um, are at the top of their class and you think they might be ready, but it's good for any student um, that's eligible to explore subjects that aren't offered in high school. There's a lot of opportunities um, available to students with dual enrollment classes. 
um, for those students who are looking for increased rigor, academic challenge. Um, it's a it's a time and money saver when it comes time to going to college. You're saving uh, the cost of a three credit course and the time that it takes to take a three credit course, um, which is a big deal, um, especially time when you're when you're a freshman in college and you've already completed your English comp class. There's one last subject that that you're um, you're using your time for. You can have more time to study uh, diversity, uh, developing that college going identity, um, using the the tools and services that are at colleges, having that tutoring, the online resources, the you know online libraries, um, that time management. What figuring out really what a college course is and how much time it takes to. Uh, to work on a course. Yeah, uh, so, a few highlights. So the 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 follow up piece for me, and that I think is important, and I I know Susie and I, all of the CVU school counselors have helped students manage this. Is they hear about dual enrollment, and they hear the word free college, the words free college class, and my my mantra to students is that yes. The course is free, but it's not free of consequences. Yeah. And, and often students, often students will start the class, feel overwhelmed, not go, and expect their CVU school counselor to be the one to manage kind of the registration and all those components. So can you talk about what some of those I, I hate to use the word consequences because that's that's got, yeah. got negative overtones. Um but can you talk about some of those considerations, those consequences that families and students need to be aware of before choosing this option? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's important to know that the grades that you receive in a college course are going to be on your official college transcript. So knowing right from the get-go that if um, you don't do well in a class, it could it could affect your, your future college planning. Um, on the flip side of that, which I should have started with the positive, if you do really well on that course, with the positive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then that's, you know, that's something that you can take forward with you. Um, like, I like to when I advise students, when I talk to students, think about it as uh, take when you're taking a dual enrollment course, it's 10 hours of your life per week, uh, between attending the course and the homework. So do you have do you have those time management skills? Do you have 10 hours in your week to do this work? And um, Amy, one question about that, just to jump in, 10 hours a week. What if I um, am going away for um, a yeah. school break? Can I yeah. take a break from my college class? No, no. Yeah, that's another consequence. Um, your the college courses don't follow your school breaks. So if your family's planning on heading to Disneyland for your spring spring break, you still have a college class to a, either attend in person or attend online. So the consequences um, and attendance is really important in college classes, and it's it's weighed a lot in your grade. So knowing um, in advance that missing classes can jeopardize, jeopardize your grade. 
Let's see. What else? Are, what are there some other things we need to think about? Well, I, um, I think as you as you're kind of looking and and thinking there, one of the things that I think Susie and I want to make sure we communicate is that this is a this is a college class largely thought of as a college class on a college campus where you're using the college's registrar, the college's facilities, and we can help you navigate that, but the college's expectation is that the student is managing that, and if they can't go to class, they're emailing the professor. If they need to drop the class, it is the responsibility of the student to communicate with the registrar at the institution where they're taking the class that they're going to drop. Like that's coming and telling me is great. I'm gonna I'm going to appreciate the heads up, but my advice is gonna be yeah. need to contact whatever school it is. You are when you when you enroll, you have to enroll in the college in order to take a course with them. So you are an official college student once you enroll in that college. When you're in a college course, you are an official college student. You're duly enrolled uh, with your high school, and the credits that you receive from this course go towards your high school graduation as well. But you are considered a college student and need to be prepared as such. So it's not your high school counselor that's going to support you with um, it's not you don't go to your high school counselor to talk about attendance. You need to directly speak with your 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 college instructor um, and so forth. So yeah, you are officially a college student when you're in a college course and need to follow those college student expectations. One of the other things that students will often hear is the word free. And they're like, wow, I get to take a free college course. And then they um, register for the course and they get this, the syllabus. Um, syllabus being, so for those of you that don't know, an outline of what the course is and what's expected of the student. Included in that might be some textbooks. Um, can we talk about what, whose responsibility is it for school materials like textbooks and mm, any question. other materials that a student might need to complete the course successfully? Yeah, that would be the student's and family's responsibility to pay for any fees associated with taking a course, um, including textbooks, uh, supplies, um, access codes, and sometimes they can be quite expensive. Um, so that's definitely something to think about ahead of time is being prepared for the financial um, aspects of taking a course outside of the tuition. So that is not included in the voucher. Um, I will, while we're talking about it, there, for eligible students, there is a stipend um, that supports you for uh, textbooks, fees, and such that um, is administrated through VSAC. Um, to be eligible for that stipend, you need to um, be eligible for free and reduced lunch at your school, okay. and you need to um, indicate that you're going to um, incur out-of-pocket expenses. Yeah, so $50. Yeah, and you talk to your yeah, you talk to your school counselor us actually, and we yeah. uh we make that request with the student and then the student will then get um mailed a check from BSAC which they can yeah. use to purchase books. The, the the one thing to know is it's really important for students to let their instructors know they might be waiting on that stipend. Um because the course might start and the stipend's not there yet. And so that's something logistically that often has to get worked out. But um, I do have students who do use that stipend 
to help yeah. them with the cost of the course, which and is really helpful. You you were saying, and, and I lost it, I apologize, but what is the what is the the minimum threshold amount to be eligible for that? Did you say it was fifty dollars? No, no. Well, yeah, you reduce lunch, but in terms of of fees that you might in, uh, accrue, there's no minimum as long as no there's any. I mean, it could be transportation. It could be um, the student needs a computer. They can use it towards anything that's going to support them to take the class. So I know UVM charges or has in the past charged like a $30 booking fee, they call it for, for every student. So if a student yeah. was eligible for free and reduced lunch and they got that $30 bill, they could use the stipend to pay that $30 yeah. bill. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That I, There we go. That's why we do these podcasts is I learned <laughs> stuff too. <laughs> There's me learning. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really nice because, again, students will often use it for gas money. They'll use it for, you know, incidental fees and, and not just textbooks. So it, it can really help students who might otherwise be burdened with some of these costs that are associated with the classes. Um, we provide every student with a Chromebook when they're ninth graders. I can't attest to the condition that the Chromebooks are in by the time we have their juniors and seniors. but um, in your experience, from what you're finding, is is the uh, the technology of a Chromebook sufficient to complete most of the the courses? Um, yeah, I mean it's hard because you with a Chromebook you don't have access to you know the the more the Microsoft Office platform. You yeah. have the the web base, which sometimes doesn't work well with submitting. Um, submitting say your homework okay but overall i mean i've i've seen students in take class you know attend a class on their cell phone so it is becoming a lot more um adaptable as far as technology is concerned so um th but that that is that is sometimes a question especially with those higher level stem classes having the uh the software and the technology needed to complete them. So that that is something to think about. And that's something you can definitely research uh, prior to starting a class. And I recommend that you do that. What types of technology do you need um, so that you're prepared? Along with your textbooks, I, I always recommend when you're looking, and this is just when you're looking at a dual enrollment class, um, there's often different sections of the same class and you can kind of go in and and shop your section. Some some courses use um, free resources for their for their textbooks and such and others don't. You can you know base your choice of which class you sign up by um, by the cost of the textbook. So it's always good to really review these courses before you sign up and, and fully understand what you're getting yourself into. That's a great point, Amy. Thank you. I, and I, I, I don't know how we go over it, or I know you talked about it at the beginning, but one of the, one of the hurdles that we have run into is the, the process for registering for a dual enrollment account, getting your voucher and registering for the class. And I, I, I know you talked about this at the beginning, but I will yeah. often have students request their account, then request the voucher and think that the requesting the voucher is registering for the class. 
Yeah. And I also have students who will request their account. Then they go and register for the class at the college or university where they're planning on taking the class. And they don't ever request the voucher. And then mm. they get a bill from the college. Yeah. So can you can you just go over again? Like we we really at CVU, we do help our students walk through that process. But can you articulate for our listeners what that process the proper process is. Yeah, and I, sure. again, I know you did it at the beginning, but let's, let's go over it again. Yeah, yeah. So you go to the Vermont Dual Enrollment webpage. Right at the top is a link to apply for an account. You apply for an account. Your uh, school counselor verifies that you are eligible to have an account and okays it. So there you go, you have an account. Then you can go in and um, request a voucher. I recommend talking with your meeting with your school counselor before you request your voucher. So you're both on the same page. It saves some time. Um, so you go in, you request your voucher after you're connected with your counselor. Your counselor okays the voucher. Then you're ready to go to the college and register for the class. Um, you shouldn't register for a class without a voucher number. And Technically, colleges sh shouldn't accept high school students um, without a voucher, shouldn't register students for right. a class without a voucher. But um, hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, communication is key in this whole process. Communicating with your parents so they so you can discuss how this is going to affect your, your time at home, say, in the evenings, if you have to work, if you have to support your siblings, you know, anything like that. First conversation, talk to mom and dad. Is this something you really think is good for me? Um, talk to your school counselor. Talk about what you need for graduation requirements. Talk about what you think you're ready for. Use my talking point sheet that I'm going to send to you and, you know, ask these questions. It really helps you figure out what those questions are. Um, and then talk to your 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 counselor at the college because you're going to be doing, um, say, the AccuPlacer if you're going to CCC, CCV. Um, just communicate, communicate with you with both counselors and your family. I have a couple questions. AccuPlacer, let's talk about what that is. Um, can mm -hmm. you just uh, let the audience know what what that is? I know CCV will sometimes. Um, right now, they're mm -hmm. kind of sometimes requesting it sometimes they'll take the transcript they're, they're doing a little of both right now um but important yeah. for us to know this is a great that's a great question a lot of people get a little stressed out about the acuplacer they think oh we're going to take a test uh, but i'll start off right off an acuplacer is not a test it's a tool so the acuplacer is a tool that uh, CCV, since we're talking about CCV, um, uses to gauge whether a student is ready uh, for a particular course that they're interested in. So this tool is really important because if um, it 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 works it it asks the questions that get you to whether you're ready or not. Um, if you if you're a little low in your scores. Um, say in reading and writing, then, you know, maybe it's not a good thing for you to start right off with English composition. This tool is really effective in guiding students into which course um, is appropriate for them. Great, so we want you. kids to be successful. Exactly. We, don't want, we exactly. don't want them to take these classes and be in over their heads and exactly. have it be a master's experience. And don't go into the acuplacer stressed out about it. It's a tool. This is here to help you. This is to get you in the right place. Um, you're in dual enrollment, you're getting ready to uh, explore post-secondary 
programs, this is this is your first step in doing that. I really like how you frame that, that it's a tool. Yes. Yeah. Um, so now we've taken the class, right? We're, we're, we're a high school student. We've taken the class and we get a grade. What happens with that grade, Amy? That grade um, stays with you on your official college transcript, um, de depending on not any school that you go to, that, that transcript will follow you in state or out of state. And it also goes towards your uh, graduate, your credits towards graduating high school. It's a dual enrollment class. So it works duly for your high school, um, your high school graduation requirements and college. So whatever grade I get, it will be on my high school transcript and yes. it will be on a permanent college official transcript. Exactly. Okay. Good which, to know. Which is why it's really important to emphasize your, your use of the word communication earlier. Yeah. If you're going to be absent from a class, if you feel like a class isn't going to work and you need to drop it, if you just stop going to class and you get an F in the class, yes. then now you have an F on your college transcript and on your CVU transcript. So this is a really good thing you brought up. A lot of students are like, okay, you know, it's just, I'm in high school. I'm not in college. I'm, I, I'm in this class, but I don't, it's just not working for me. So I'm just going to stop going. You can't just stop going. <laughs> you need, there's different steps um, that you take as a college student. And one is you can drop the class in the add drop period. Um, and if you do that, if you drop the class in the beginning within the add drop period, you get your voucher back. You get to, they, oh, they reinstate your voucher. Um, say you, it's past, like you don't realize that this really isn't working out for you until after the ad drop period, you still have options, but you need to communicate. You need to reach out to your college advisor and you can withdraw from the class. So there's, there's an ad drop date and there's a withdrawal date. If you withdraw from the class, you still use your voucher, but you don't end up with a grade on your transcript. Good so, to know. Yeah. Yeah. You, it usually, I mean, for CCV, I know you have a W, which is better than an F because it's right. not, it's it's uh, GPA neutral. Right. So it wouldn't calculate into your GPA. And I think colleges are really good about putting those dates up there um, yep. on those classes, but students have to read um, the, the, you know, read those carefully what they're getting into before they make that commitment and right. know what their options are. And I think that the, the word duly, the words duly enrolled are really important because you are not only a CVU slash high school student, because I think there are listeners from outside of CVU's families, but you're, so you're a high school student plus you are a, a college student. So you need to follow yeah. both sets of rules and yeah. expectations. While we're talking about duly and communication, email. When you're in a college class, they're going to email you. You need to check your email and you need to respond to your emails, not just so you need to check your high school email. Your, you know, if you're, say, applying for colleges, you want to check your personal email for those applications. But please stay on top of your your dual enrollment college email because they're not going to send it to your Gmail. They're not going to reach out to your college counselor. They're going to send you an email. So be sure to know your email, become familiar with the portal 
I'm just thinking of things uh, yep. when you first when you first register for a class um, and get an account at a college, they're going to link you up to a portal. So that's going to be your home page for everything college. Um, so get to know your portal, review it. Your email is going to be on that portal. Um, write down all your passwords. <laughs> um, that's really important. There's going to be a lot of passwords in your future. Um, so finding a way to uh, keep track of them is, I say right down, but nowadays with technology, there's lots of ways to keep track of your passwords. Russ, I think we need to have some badges made that we could just put on that say, check your email. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It seems to be, yes, to say that is, a lot around that here. It's becoming. Check your email. That's yeah. a lot. It is, it is old school, but yet new school at the same time, yeah. because it is, yeah. it is the way that colleges and universities and quite frankly, your school counselors try and get in touch with you. I'm not. We're not texting. I'm not texting you. I'm not tweeting yeah. you. I'm yeah. not. What is it? Bill Belichick said, I'm not, I'm not snap facing you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sending you an email. I'm tracking you down in class and you need to, you need to uh, do the same with your college classes. Yeah. So. Well, thank you, Amy. Yeah, yeah I just want to, yeah, I got a quick, don't, the, we have the dual enrollment webpage um, yep. on the, the Agency of Education. There's so many great resources there. I touched base on the very top part of eligibility requirements. There's more to that. So I wanted to, to note that if you look through our program manual, the dual enrollment program manual, um, that really speaks, um, has, there's, frequently asked questions. There's tons of good information. Um, we also have a flexible pathways toolkit you can find on our webpage. This toolkit contains a document um, that you can go in and answer questions um, to right. see if you're ready. Soon, the talking points that you met, mentioned will be on that webpage. They're not there yet, but I will share those with you. Um, but yeah, it's a really useful tool for students to use. Um, when preparing for all flexible pathways. Cool. And great. Thank you for plugging the uh, VSAC College and Careers event coming up. We have some oh, students yes. that are going to be going tomorrow, and then families are invited to attend um, on Saturday. Yeah, and I'll be you know. there. If anybody has great. any, I'll be bringing the, the talking points for all the different flexible pathways, and I'll be talking about um, each of them specifically in my presentation. So if you get a chance, stop in. Great. Um, our contact information is on the webpage. Um, I'm happy to answer any more questions that anybody has. Um, you two feel free to share my email um, with anybody who'd like to dig a little deeper into flexible pathways. Great. So just for clarification, when because I'm always wary of us saying, oh, this is happening tomorrow or this is happening on Saturday. We are recording this on March 15th. And so tomorrow is March 16th, oh, 2023. Yes, wow. And the College and Career Pathways thing at St. Mike's is happening March 18th, 2023. Um, so yep. if Great. you're listening to this at some point in the future, there's not really, tomorrow is not really tomorrow. Correct. Yeah, they're going to be so yeah. if, if anybody misses dates and wanted to catch something, there's a, a tons of information at those events, including Amy's presentation, which will be on the VSAC website, nice. available to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy.
You are welcome. You all have a nice day.